Welcome back to the show. This time I speak to Taylor Howe. We speak about her career and how her return to her local CrossFit box has reignited her love of the sport. Could she be the dark horse of Dubai? Let's find out. Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. Welcome to Europe is Coming, Taylor Howe. You are a CrossFit athlete and I am really happy to have you on the show today because I've seen you competing at Strength and Depth, I've seen you on the British CrossFit scene for a while, but I've never had the opportunity to actually meet you in person. So I reached out to your guys and they said, oh, Taylor would love to chat to you. So here we are. How are you doing? I'm very good. I'm very good. I saw that you just came back from a really nice holiday in Cyprus last week and you were just chatting before we started recording about your love of the sunshine. What's it like in uh, where you are today? Grey, cloudy, um, the usual UK kind of weather. Where do you live up in the UK? So I'm in South Wales, quite a while away from everything. Oh, babe. (laughs) Are you talking about Port Talbot? Yes, I'm in Patalvas. Yeah. See, because that's where you're originally from, isn't it? Yeah. For the benefit of the listeners who are from all over the place, can you describe Port Talbot to me? Tell me a bit about what it's like and what it's like to live there. I don't think there's any way of describing it, really. It's just a very unique kind of town. <laughs> Not like anywhere. It's kind of like an industrial place, got steelworks. Nothing uh, glamorous about the town, Um we're about 40 minutes away from the capital, Cardiff. 10, 15 minutes from Swansea, so we've got, like, decent cities around us, but in terms of, like, getting to London and that, it's about three hours away. So the local industry in Port Talbot is steel? Yeah, we've got steelworks about 10 minutes away, so pretty as the scenery gets. Obviously, we've got very nice beaches and stuff, but, you know, yeah. Because Wales is pretty famous for having nice scenery, but I guess it can't all be pretty. Yeah, Portalbot isn't pretty, but obviously if you go outside Portalbot, you've got like Mumbles and all the beaches, which is a very nice area. You don't appreciate it when you live here, do you know what I mean? Mm. Until you've been away and come back and been like, oh, actually, this is such a pretty country. So, yeah. I mean, I got to experience that when I lived in Wigan and then coming back and I was just like, wow, Wales is actually a fucking beautiful place. Yeah. How long were you up in Wigan for? <laughs> On and off. But officially, I was up there for just over a year, so maybe like... 18 months, two years. Yeah. And coming home again, back to the family home. Is it back to the family home? Yeah. So that's kind of a hard thing to do when you're an adult as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Me and Reggie have actually just bought a house. He's located to Wales. So, Oh, congrats. Yeah, well, we say bought a house. Our offer's been, everything's kind of like going through and stuff, so... Yeah, hopefully we'll be in by Christmas, fingers crossed. Well, that's brilliant. But in Port Talbot as well? Or somewhere else? Yeah, yeah, he's moving to Port Talbot. (laughs) That's going to be a bit of a culture shock for him as well, I guess. Yeah, they are very different places. Like the people and everything, obviously, quite different. He does really love it, yeah, so that's nice. So growing up in Port Talbot, was it difficult being like the fit kid? Or was it something that 
was like normal for you to be out and about doing gymnastics and being training with your mum for example because I, I read that you you have a mum who was a really good runner yeah so what was it like for you growing up in that situation yeah I was always like a sporty sporty child I was always kind of like the outcast because when I was in school nobody really wanted to do anything like that all my like like the group of friends I had at school were like all for like going out and when they hit that certain age it was like going up drinking and stuff and I didn't last very much long in the last scene it was kind of just like a flash in the park kind of thing especially when I got to like the end of school I joined the gym and then sat to my mom quite different being that person I was always the one who was like going out after school running and the others were like going out after school drinking or whatever but yeah nobody really kind of like especially the teachers in school and stuff, nobody ever like really gave me the time of day. So like when I chose PE for A-level, I remember the, the teacher that was teaching the, the subject was like, I don't want Taylor in my class. Wow. Yeah, so I was quite like, I was never given, nobody ever really like seen the talent. I kind of just had to like figure a lot out for myself. Yeah. So yeah, he was like, no, I don't want Taylor in my class. Um, it was just a class full of boys, but I was the only girl. And my head a year at the time, God bless, he passed away a couple of months ago. He was like, no, I want you to have Taylor in your class. I wanted to give her a chance. He was like, yeah, okay, whatever. So I managed to finally do my A-levels for PE. And yeah, it was mad because he didn't even want me there. And then years go by, I leave school, blah, blah, blah. Time goes on. I go to the Commonwealth Games and then I bump into him in Morrison's and he taps me and he's just like, oh my God, like, well done, you need to come in and give a speech to the class. I'm like, you didn't even want me in your class, like, five Mm. years six years ago and it's just like yeah I was never really given like nobody really seen it I had to do a lot of figuring it like help for myself so yeah that can go either way can't it you have to be a certain kind of personality to be motivated by current constant discouragement don't you yeah and I think and I thank him like if I was going to go into school I'd be like thank you for treating me that way because like all the negativity that pushed me towards proving people wrong was like big factor Mm. So, yeah. Don't mess with Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Tell her she can't do something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's, maybe that's the coaching tip we should all take. <laughs> yeah. No, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. So, yeah. so did you grow up wanting to be an athlete when you were an adult? Yeah, like from the time I um, figured out what sport was, like I always wanted to be an Olympian or like go to an Olympics or I always wanted to be on that kind of platform. And I still think that's kind of in the back of my head as well. Like, even though CrossFit is at the forefront now, going to the Olympics with weightlifting one day is still kind of something I'd really like to tick off and achieve. Yes, like I say, like from a young age, I always wanted to do that. So I don't think I'll ever give up on that dream either. Because you went to the Commonwealth Games in, was it 2018? <laughs> yeah, 2018, yeah. But you competed in a different weight category to one that you would normally compete in. Is that right? Yeah, so at the time... I think you have to be ranked like top six in the Commonwealth in your weight category. And at the time, it was two of us going for the same weight. The country can only take one per weight category. So it was a choice they had to make and say, like, which one are we going to put in which one? And again, I had the shortfall and I was just like, you have to go in this category. And it turned out me and the girl who were competing, and obviously she had bronze that year, and we hit the portal so I've always got to live with that like second best kind of feeling Mm. and I feel like that's the kind of like thing that I've always got to keep no I am good enough and I feel like because I've had them experiences 
in psychologically in the back of my head maybe that is something that's like you always feel a second best so I'm constantly like trying to prove that I can do it how do you talk yourself around do you get in those dark holes I focused a lot on myself the last like 12 to 18 months I've found I work with a lady called Kate from New Zealand mindset I've been to therapy I've been I've implemented a lot of things into like myself in being able to like always be present and always like put myself first kind of just remembering what I'm doing it for I wanted to ask you about competition nerves because I read as well that you really enjoyed being on the weightlifting platform and I mean watching weightlifting from my point of view it looks terrifying there's like you and a barbell and three guys with flags you know it's the most intimidating thing possible but you actually said that you enjoyed it yeah like still to this day nothing has come close to competing at the Commonwealth Games it's just the most surreal experience until you've done it you could never tell somebody how it felt it was just amazing stepping out there and thinking like you've got you've, the pressures on not pressures on but yeah it kind of is because you've only got six lift and you're only out there you've done like what three four years of training for a moment where like each lift lasts less than 20 seconds so yeah but that kind of like pressure on you it's just like no like I'm here and I'm I'm ready to show what I've been working hard on so I love the feeling of competing on the platform how do you cope with the down after presumably if you've got an up you have to have a down the down after the Commonwealth Games was only like an emotional kind of feeling. So it was like stepping off the platform after the last lift and basically achieving what you set out to achieve. Um, you've hit your goal and the emotion that leaves your body is just overwhelming. It's just like, oh my God, I've done it. What's next? With sport, like that's always going to be the hard thing. Like even when you retire, like what's next? And then that's when it gets a little bit tricky is like your emotions take over your decisions a little bit. What's next? And then you go too far, you get injured you get disheartened so I think it's always important to like let them emotions settle before you think okay what's next so yeah feel the feeling yeah like and just be proud of that feeling and just like let it sink in and just ride with it until you're ready to make some like proper decisions not based mm. off things so yeah that's a really good advice actually because I mean we can all make snap decisions in the heat of the moment can't we that we then maybe regret later yeah definitely yeah at the moment you're focusing on crossfit rather than weightlifting yeah when did you make that decision to go to like focus much more heavily onto crossfit was it after the commonwealth games or was it later so i finished the commonwealth games and like i just talked about the emotions back then i i I couldn't process the emotions like i've learned to do today Mm. that was in my mind it's like oh my god the next commonwealth games i'm gonna win a gold medal that was the first thing I was just like, I couldn't wait to do it again. And then obviously as time went on, you kind of realise, oh, hang on, is this really my goal? Am I really am I doing it for the right reasons here? Or am I doing it to prove people wrong? And that was the kind of thing where I definitely was doing it to prove people wrong. I should have been in that weight category. I should have had that medal. I should have this. I should have that. And I wasn't doing it like for myself. And then it took a little bit of while to settle in. And then I was like, actually, do you know what? I'm going to give CrossFit a really good go. I'm going to almost like retire from weightlifting. I'll come back, but right now I'm just going to put all my eggs in one basket. I'm going to get a coach. I'm going to go all in and just see what it takes me. And that's exactly what I did. And yeah, here we are. I mean, what would you say is your CrossFit career highlight so far? 
career highlight. Do you know, it's hard because I'll be honest, it's been so hard to enjoy it the last few years. And to be honest, I haven't really got a highlight. Oh, babe. Like, I think maybe the first year when quarterfinals was a thing and becoming the fittest in the UK and then having, like, finishing really high up, that was probably a highlight because I was like, oh, actually, I'm quite good at this CrossFit thing. Like, I could, it gave me that thing of, like, oh, actually, you should stick, you're obviously good, you can stick to it and achieve better. That would probably be the highlight. That's the season that I really enjoyed the most, but that part of the season anyway. And the highlights right now, and honestly, it sounds bizarre, but like the last, since moving home in June, that's been my highlight of CrossFit. It's like, I I always skipped out on the fundamentals of CrossFit, like the community and the classes and just things that every athlete doesn't get to experience because they're doing their own programming and they're doing this and they're doing that. Honestly, last like since June, it's the most I've ever enjoyed training. Ever, ever, ever. I do classes. Like I did a class last night. And joining in with the classes, I just buzz. I'm just like, oh, the people and the community. And I've never done it. Never, Taylor, ever. Taylor, you're one of us. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. That's made me feel quite emotional because it's and we have professional athletes that train in my my local gym and in, in a couple of gyms in Mallorca and they are often very isolated and you don't think about it from their point of view. They are missing out on the community aspects if they're not joining in with the classes and socialising. Yeah, you're right. You get taught, it's like you almost get taught that that's the right way as an athlete. Like, right, we're in this facility and we're doing this and like no other person's allowed in. It's just elite athletes and and it's just not fun. And I got out of that and I came home and I was just like, I'm really going to be present and I'm really going to be open-minded. Oh my God, it's just been amazing. Like the last few months of training is just like, oh, so good. Like truly amazing. But does yeah. anybody want to be on a team workout with you, Taylor? I love it. Like it's so good. Like last last night's workout was like a 12 minute arm up of uh, seven muscle ups and 15 calories on the echo bike. And we went in pairs and like one pair counted the rounds and the other one went. And it's just like, oh, buzz off it. You don't have to worry about your warm up because like you're in with the class and you do the workout and oh, it's just amazing. I've never experienced it. And it's just like, this is what it's all about. This is why when people say about community, like this is why they love it. But only now, like I say, like for seven years into doing CrossFit, like I've only now experienced it. And it's just like, oh my God, how stupid. Where are you training at the moment? What's your box? Cross it 179 in Swansea. Yeah, it's just a perfect little setup and the people are just amazing. Oh, big shout out to them then. Yeah. 179. But do they allow drop ins? Yeah, drop ins. They're currently looking to expand to a bigger space because they've kind of outgrown the little bit of space. So, yeah, it'd be sad to leave the little vibe, but I'm sure it'll grow into something much bigger. Yeah, I think it doesn't matter how big or small the place is, it's the people. Yeah, it totally is. Um, and everyone's been like so supportive through my surgery and stuff. It's just been, oh, it's just been lovely. Yeah. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt. If you're looking to improve your gymnastics, strength, conditioning, or even swimming technique, then take a look at the courses and athlete academy at theprogram.com. You can get 10% off when you use the code EIC at the checkout. Well, let's talk about your knee. What yeah. happened? All my sporting career, I've had little niggles and stuff, but I've never been injured as such. And I think the stress on my body over the last two years, on my body, mentally, physically, 
it just took a toll. First of all, I injured my back and then it was my knee. And then I was like, wow, something's got to give you. And I was just doing training for semi-finals. And as cliche as it sounds, people always say, oh my God, I'm the fittest I've ever been. Like I can truly say I was probably at the point where I was in a, not emotionally or like mentally because of everything else I was involved but physically I was fit and I was doing one of the workouts from Lowlands in training to prepare for strength and depth and I just felt a pop in my knee on the birth box over and it didn't I was just like it's just a click and then it happened again and then I was like okay carried on because there was no pain and then yeah a few days later my knee was just like massive and I couldn't I couldn't walk or bend it um, and I was like right yeah something's wrong so you competed at Sid injured? Yeah, competed at Sid. It was up to the very point of warming up for the first event. I was just like, I really don't think I can do this. Walking from the hotel to the venue. And I was just like, every step was like, oh, this is killing. And I managed, yeah, managed to get through the weekend. I can't even remember the weekend. So it was just so much. It's just a mad feeling of trying to push through an injury and then... Got through the end, got through to last chance with by the skin of my teeth. And then I was like, I'd never pass on an opportunity, so I'm going to give the last chance a go. And then I had COVID for the last oh. chance. Yeah, I couldn't breathe. And then I was like, right, something needs to change here. Like, obviously, I'm unwell, I'm, un- I'm unhealthy. I'm going to go get a scan on my knee. And yeah, it turned out I came back. I had a torn meniscus. There was something else going on in there within the ligament. I can't really describe remind me of the big words for that and then yeah within uh, within three four weeks of my scan I was just like right let's just get the op done and recover for Dubai so I picked the I could have gone in I could have had my scan and gone in for the op within a couple of days but the Dubai qualifiers were coming out and I'd always said to myself that I want to do Dubai again so I was quite stubborn I was like no I'm gonna do the qualifiers I mean I've competed on it in semi-finals I'm sure I can do a few qualifiers got them done qualified for Dubai the day after the last workout was was in I went straight in for my operation and I was like right this is my motivation to get back as fit and as strong as I can and compete in Dubai and that is where we're going so very excited that's so cool because I've actually written that I wrote on my notes did she qualify for Dubai on one leg <laughs> like my physio is just like you're going to be competing like if you think of it you've done semi-finals last chance and Dubai qualification three like heavily loaded competitions with one leg and you're going to be going into this one with two legs with two legs and that's exciting like, yeah Woo-hoo. like yeah and I feel like it just feels this going into this competition just feels just like completely different to any other competition that I've done because I'm going in with it a different purpose so yeah I'm so excited how's the rehab going yeah amazing we started so plyometrics and stuff were introduced on Monday so I can jump run I started weightlifting again so now everything is there so now we just keep building on it over the next couple of weeks that's so quick yeah you've got a good doctor I have the physio yeah he's been absolutely amazing so the first two weeks, I was just like, oh, I can't see an end to this. Like the swelling was somewhere. Couldn't really walk down the stairs without like having the pain. And then I went on holiday and I was like, right, this is my week to actually really, really focus on getting full extension back. So when I get home, because he said, if I get full extension back, I can then start implementing plyometrics. And I was just like, right, I'm going to do rehab like as much as I can on a holiday and I came home and it was really really good and he's like yeah we can start I was like yes so holiday was a lifesaver 
Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, and yeah. I can feel like your excitement yeah. coming through the screen, you know. What has changed for you? Is it really going back to basics that's changed stuff or is it something else that has really flicked the switch and made you excited? Yeah, do you know what? Like I say, like everything from moving back in June and being involved in the community, I think it's been everything that's kind of like made me have a different outlook on things. It's just been really, really humbling to be like, you know, doing a class and you've got to scale everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just <laughs> Welcome like... Welcome to oh. my life. <laughs> yeah, it's just bizarre. It's, it's so lovely. Learning and being in, like, what it would be like if you were just join CrossFit for the first time. And it's just, yeah, it's given me a whole different outlook on being patient, being present in every single thing I do. It's, yeah, it's just no words, really. It's just... It's so exciting. It's so great that you've been able to be self-aware and realise that that this is something you're just loving. That's That shows to me that you've really been working on yourself. Yeah. You know, that because that takes a lot to be able to observe and to be able to step away from the pressures and the feelings of, of not winning and achieving the goals that you've set for yourself and to see the fun in things again. Yeah, and that is the key thing, is the fun. Like, only now I realise, thinking back on the last two seasons, like, I had no fun. I had no fun at all. And the fun that I've experienced in these last, like, few months is just second to none. So, yeah, I'm excited for it. I've got to say, I saw you at Strength and Depth competing and you definitely didn't look like you were having fun then. No, I definitely wasn't. It you, was look, me- you were stressed. It wasn't the fun. You didn't look like you were having a good time. No, I really, really wasn't. And I, I'm open and honest about, about them feelings like I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, there was moments which were good or better than other moments, but there wasn't like, fuck yeah, I'm enjoying every single moment of this competition. And that, like, no, I was there for the wrong reasons. Definitely there for the wrong reasons. So I'm excited to go into like Dubai and next season with a completely different outlook on on CrossFit, really. I think you're not the only person to have discovered that because like when I speak to Jacqueline Dahlstrom, for example, from one season to the next, it's like looking at night and day. She also works with a mindset coach and she's just found like her love and her passion and her enjoyment in competing. It shows so much in her performance as well. So say you could see that's exactly what she was doing at Sid and it was so amazing to see like to see that and I was just like you always like want that to be you but I always say like you can't wish for something more than you're willing to work for it and that's definitely something that definitely going to fulfill moving forward. So now that you are permanently back in South Wales are you what's the situation with training and coaching how is that going to go? So currently I haven't really got a coach. I've just really used this time to, like I say, have fun and enjoy. And then Johnny is the owner of 179, the gym that I'm currently at. So he's been helping me a little bit with just like accountability and just making sure that I'm doing everything. I'm not missing anything that I need to work on and stuff like that. So as it stands training is just re- the best it's been really good really enjoyable and I've got somebody who's there overlooking things and we're using mayhem as a template so we we're following mayhem but like obviously if there's things like okay we need to do this today we move this to this day or whatever so we're using that as an overall template but we're still focusing on on me as an athlete as well and yeah and I think it's just so refreshing just to have that and not feel like a pressure 
to someone or to do this or you can't go there or you can't do that or you can't post that or whatever you can literally just like a free bird and it's just just so nice I mean you look like a different person Taylor you look so happy like so light and happy it's really amazing Oh, yeah. I was, I've got a question about it. It actually makes me feel kind of teary because it makes me happy to see you being so happy. I know. Oh. You get me emotional now. It is. <laughs> so, it's so like, it's just so refreshing. Yeah. I think it's really great when you somebody finds their purpose in life and actually like just figures out who they are and what makes them happy. And that it really seems like you've done that. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to ask a question which actually probably sounds really negative, but I was like wanted to know how how hard it is for you or how easy is it for you? Maybe we should rephrase that. How easy is it for you to make your life as a professional athlete, to make your living as a professional athlete? It's easy in the sense that you're like you never feel like you're working because you're actually doing every day you're doing what you love. But it is hard and it's hard out there at the moment with the world being the way it is and relying on sponsorship for income is very stressful mm. but obviously my team around me for that I have my I have James my agent and he's just he takes all of that pressure away from me so I can solely focus on training and performing well so then sponsorships will become bigger and better so we kind of work together in that sense to be like okay I know what I need to do and I just continue doing that an average person doesn't realize like your placing in competitions is crucial to your sponsorship, isn't it? And it's, I mean, that there's there's so much relying on that. It's not just about, you know, you as an athlete performing well for your own feelings of achievement. There is actually financial implications as well, aren't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah, for like a perfect example, like I've been with Reebok for two years, and my contract's at the end of December this year, um, and they can't give me anything else until like March, April time, because basically they're going through like a little bit of thing where like Reebok is bit of Adidas, and so they can't sign like any athletes. Absolutely gutted because they've been the best uh, support, and having to move on from that. Not one financially is hard. Thinking, okay, in two months' time, I'm down a sponsorship. Mm. Do you got to find a new one? And do you love the brand as much as you love working with whoever? So yeah, it is stressful. <laughs> I wanted to ask, like, because I have uh, people that listen to the podcast are often also trying to achieve professional status in CrossFit. What would you say? What advice could you give to these people maybe, that are maybe trying to become professionals? What, what would you say? Look out for this is something you should do. Honestly, what we've spoke about a couple of minutes ago with the whole community thing, like, do not miss out on that part because you'll fall in love with CrossFit for the wrong reasons. You're trying to run before you can walk. That's basically the best way of putting it. And missing out on, on those fundamentals and like the community and the fun and the enjoyment is totally what makes CrossFit fun. And it makes you the best athlete because you're just involved and you're not like on your own in the corner. Like that's what a lot of people get mixed up with. It's like, oh, they must be really good. They're in the corner doing their own program. I'm like, no, it's not fun and it's not enjoyable, but you get taught that way to think that like, that's how you get better and it's really not so yeah do not miss out the journey for sure I agree with you so so and I'm really happy that you found your groove yeah so when do you go to Dubai the 25th of November um we fly out and the competition's the first weekend in December so we're out there for a little while before we compete which is nice when did you compete in Dubai before which year uh 2019 I think year before Covid 
What did you like about it? It's just different. The workouts are always different. You get to just experience that kind of like different community, different like ways and means you get to probably compete with other athletes, which sometimes you probably won't get to compete at, compete with. And it's just, yeah, it's just a great setup. Obviously, being in Dubai makes it a whole lot nicer. It's warm. Oh, um, yeah. Your favourite. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get to swim, you get to go on the beach, you get to, you know, do all these cool things. So, Well, maybe you should come train in Mallorca for a weekend to come and enjoy some sunshine uh, over here. 100%, 100%. Um, Reggie was at um, Arnold and he was speaking to Adrian Munwala. Oh, yeah. He've said, like, come over whenever to train and stuff. So I'm sure that we will definitely be coming over at some you point. You should come. It'd be so cool to have you over here. I'd love to meet you guys in person. Yeah. How is Reggie today? Is He um, He must be missing you if, if he's still in Wigan. He's moved home to Newcastle. When we left Wigan in June, he moved back to Newcastle and I moved back down to Wales until we found, obviously, somewhere to live. But we've been seeing each other, obviously. Like, we've seen each other on the weekend. Um, we met halfway so we see each other quite a lot, but yeah, not in, we, we sort of the house, so we'd be back living together, but it's been a nice break. <laughs> I interviewed Reggie earlier this year. He was the person I'm, who's never, I don't think he managed to get through a sentence without swearing. Oh God, he's an absolute nightmare. I'm sure he's got Tourette's. I'm like, you seriously need to go sort it out. He dropped the F-bomb a lot. I just yeah. kept, in the end, I kept it all in. I thought, well, you know, the listener will just have to deal with that or they can turn it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was too yeah. hard to edit. <laughs> He's a nightmare for that, for swearing. But, yeah. Did he qualify to go to Dubai? Yeah, so we did the qualifiers together. Yeah, we both qualified and we're going, going together, which is... It's, it's so nice because we get to experience them things together as well. And when you go to, you know, you travel far away for competitions and you're on your own, there's nothing worse than that feeling. And to yeah. do someone like, you know, you, you've got the same hotel room and you get like everything is just a comfort and it makes competing so much easier. And on competition days, we're never really with each other anyway. Like we see each other in the night or like a little bit during the day, like, oh, how does that work? I'll give each other tips on who's on next or whatever. Um, but we're never really on top of each other. But it's always nice to have that like little comfort blanket as well. Well, that's perfect. You've got a team, you've got your yeah. backup. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's been so nice to speak to you, Taylor. And I'm delighted that you're so happy, especially <laughs> after the stress monkey that I saw competing in strength and depth. It's really refreshing to see how smiley and happy you are. Yeah. And I wish you all the best with Dubai. And Thank you. I really hope to see you at the whatever next year's CrossFit Games semi-finals is with a big yeah. fucking smile on your face. Yeah, definitely. With, definitely. with two functioning legs. Yes, not just one. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for today. No worries at all. Thank you very much for having me. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod. <laughs>